Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Oh, I have such a good, I have a, such a good question. It is for you. June third, twenty nineteen. It is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a home before dark podcast. One, two, three, four. We had six points. We got oh, six let's points talk about away. six, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you were trying to do? You were trying no. to do that? Talking about oh. six points. Oh, okay. Sorry. From Minnesota and uh, from Chicago. But what about you, though? Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to bring it up. I'm not going to gloat. I'm not going to gloat. I will say though that there was a very strange experience on Saturday in the stadium. Um, a lot of miscommunication. Anyway. I am Tim Herb, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, a bearded one, Mr. Kevin Bradley, across the way from me in the corner. Yes. In the corner, because tonight we're joined by our buddy, the the ethereal um, sports media guru of Atlanta, Joe yeah. Patrick, Yeah. covering all things Atlanta United, all things Braves. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't deal well with this, but uh, no, thanks for, thanks for having me. It's been a while. It's been uh, a year. I think since like the beginning before last season started, I want to yeah. say. Or like, right, yeah, right before it started. He's just rubbing it, it in cold. our face that we're, yeah. 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 <laughs> Back when we didn't have central heating or central AC in the in the studio. It doesn't smell quite as much as feet now. Which is <laughs> That's nice. true. Yeah. It's very nice. Give it time. Uh, Give it time. Yeah. Pirillo farts still we'll get bad. Soak into the uh, carpet. If he has an upset stomach, but uh, yeah, thanks for coming out, man. Thanks for having Anyway, so Saturday, yeah, really weird. Not going to touch too much on the game that actually happened beforehand, but Champions League final happens. They open up the stadium Who early. <laughs> Who won? But did did they win? Yes, Liverpool won. <laughs> um, so leading up, so they opened the stadium early. It was really weird. They were like, "We're going to open it at three. You guys can come in and watch the game on the the halo board and on the TVs in the stadium." Okay, we get there. They only have one gate open, and they say it's going to open at 3. It really opens at 2.45. Okay, 
we go to our seats and they're like, no, you can't sit there. Um, we were sitting in a, in the low suites, got those tickets pretty, the, pretty nice. Like okay. the, the ones up in one thirty. Oh yeah. 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 The, the little suites. We went to go sit there and they're like, that's, that's fine. You can't sit there yet, but you, you know, walk across the aisle. You can sit in your, uh, sit in those seats. We sit and we watch and at halftime, this is where the miscommunication I feel like was really weird. At halftime, the Halo board's like, okay, you can now go to your seats. And it's like 10 till 4. And we go and sit there, and then the lady comes running. She's like, not till 4. You got 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock. I was like, but the board what just... What does it matter? But it seemed like... It's, yeah, it seemed like... It was, what does what it is going to happen between... The, in these 10 minutes? Yeah. What 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 does it matter? Um, What's wrong with... Uh, so Joe Johnstone's giving you shit for drinking Buffalo Trace. He's giving shit to the wrong person. I bought it for him as a gift. <laughs> I like it. Okay. All right. So that's... I like it. So let's... Yeah, let's settle it there. <laughs> you're a jerk, Joe. <laughs> unless unless you're trying to say it's too highfalutin, which it's not. No. It's, it's very much not. <clears throat> um, yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you guys are not subscribed, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell icon, the bell Holcomb icon, and uh, get notified every time that we go live. Um Got an international break coming up, so recording no schedule is going to be a little yeah. weird. So next Monday, probably not recording. We'll take uh, a break, and then we have U.S. Open Cups next Tuesday. Yep, which something like that. Yeah, yeah. against Charleston Battery Maybe in Charleston, right? Yeah, it's yeah. in Charleston. Yep, yep. and yep. Um, and then after that, <laughs> now I see why Joe was mentioning. <laughs> Wait, what did he say? He said, I, "I like it as well, just not my typical price point." <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> rub it in so my gifts are not good enough for him uh, <laughs> that's the problem with buying me bourbon is i'm always going to know how much you spent on it i, don't, <laughs> I already so, know before i even get it so uh, kevin, kevin came across town to let pirlo mm. out uh while we were gone in raleigh and i'm, I'm texting him like yeah my brother-in-law's asking what your favorite bourbons are and, and you he, he's like get... none the wiser and kevin's like i like <laughs> i like i like this 200 dollars bourbon this no, 350 i did yeah. not yeah. i did not I gave it breakdown per price point for that And I walked reason. into the liquor store over by me and was like, these are expensive. And the lady's like, <laughs> the, la- the lady's like, that's, she, she's like, you made a really good choice. I was like, okay, good. Buffalo Trace is a great okay, choice cool. and I am very appreciative of it. I would never judge a man by the, the depths of his wallet to buy bourbon because there's plenty of options yeah. at a decent price point. Is that the angel share or the devil's cut? Yes. Have you had those? <laughs> no. Why not? Because they're are you, gimmicky. Are you above beam? Because they're gimmicky. And I don't like the gimmick shit. But they catch the angel share evaporating out of the barrel. And <laughs> now, Angel's Envy is pretty great. Okay. I probably can't afford that one. Anyway, thank you guys for joining us tonight. If you guys are listening to us on iTunes and or podca- Apple Podcasts, which iTunes is going away as of today. Yep. iTunes is... What? Apple just said... Yep. So don't, actually, yeah. So even though we weren't, even though things happened in our ratings on iTunes, doesn't matter anymore. We'll still take your votes, but uh, <laughs> oh we got we got other we got other charts to climb. Yeah, it's it's very weird. Like they, um, but you could still vote yeah. in Apple Podcasts, though. Yeah, you're not gonna get. Huh. I don't know if you guys have the weird thing where like sometimes you go to open a link and it's for an app you don't have and it launches iTunes. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like like I I don't have iTunes right on my phone anyway. Um, but yeah, if you guys are listening to us on Apple Podcasts and or Stitcher, leave us a rating and a review. We will read it live on the show. Um, and do we want to get the fantasy ratings out of the yeah, way? Yeah, go ahead. There's a double well, double week. Well, while you're pulling it up, I have I have some discussion and points to mention. It, it's a good it's a good day to have you here, Joe, because I have 
I had a dilemma today. Okay. Um, it's not often that I'm confronted with the fact that we live in such a large city and that players and other individuals that we see week in and week out, talk about week in and week out, live normal lives amongst us, and at any given time you could bump into right, them. Right, right, right. That happened to me today. Oh, yeah? I bumped into Gressel. Gressel? So you were in Midtown? No, I was in Buckhead. I'm not going to put him. Oh, where he lives. I'm not going to put him him on blast where it was at. (laughs) I bumped into him in a store. um, And it was a situation where I don't know him on a first name basis. Uh Oh, okay. Yeah. And I I have no reason to interact with him other than the fact that I know about him through Atlanta United. Right. And so I had to do the mental, like, do I call him Julian? Do I call him Gressel? First of all, like it's weird to see them outside of context. So then I was even second guessing it. Yeah. And so I just had to inquisitively be like, Gressel? <laughs> so hey. then I sounded like an idiot to begin with. You join Gressel? <laughs> and he goes, Yeah. And I said, Hey, man, you know, it's really nice to meet you. Shook his hand. And, um, I was like, I'm not going to bother you or anything like that because he was shopping and I didn't want to be that person to be like, Oh, let right, me get a right, picture right, with right. you. Well, he was clearly yeah. there with friends and stuff like that. But, yeah. uh, how how would you approach both of you? How would you approach a situation like that? Oh, I would hide in fear, just like I did whenever. <laughs> and this was even lower level, right? Now, uh, Angie and I went to Brewster's one night, and uh, Jose Hernandez and his crew roll up, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm too scared to say." It. <laughs> <laughs> so I did have that happen with Alton Brown at a restaurant where oh, yeah. I he was sitting a few tables away from me, and that was one where I, there was no reason for us to cross paths, and I would have had to go right. out of my way and interrupt his dinner to like, yeah. just say, hey, basically. This was, we were both standing and just in proximity to right. one another. Um, I always take I mean, that approach of like, I'm not going to interrupt their day or their experience for something that clearly they do on a regular I mean, it's, basis. It's probably different on I mean, your account because you interact with the guys on yeah, a daily basis. Exactly. Yeah, but a lot of them still don't like know my name. You know, like they wouldn't be like, oh, you know, it's, it's probably it's better like that, that they don't know your name. Right? Yeah. <laughs> probably so. Yeah. yeah. No, um, not from you. Someone like Julian, because I've done something with him, like personally, you know, we did a YouTube video where I interviewed him and, you know, that was like a little more intimate, like one on one. It was not part. Yeah. It was not like team yeah. uh, related technically. So, um, you know, someone like him, I, I would I would be more fine with going up to them. To be honest, if it was anyone else, I probably wouldn't even like approach them at all. Yeah. Or or because I see them, you know, it's not like right, for, for right. me, I see them pretty often anyway. Right, so right. it's not like it's something where I need to like go have this moment at yeah, least for my own yeah, memories yeah. to you know yeah. be with them. So um, but yeah, you know, it would be weird. I don't know, like you know, the 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 blurry line is like Parkhurst, Lorenowitz, like those are the kinds of guys where I'm friendly with. They know who I am. But they probably wouldn't know my name. I, right. I would guess they wouldn't know my name. So right. Jeff, I feel like just because of us having, I'd have at least some sort of leg to stand on to be like, hey, we talked at Elder Tree, blah, blah, blah. My extent of that goes with Scott from the security crew where I saw it. Like I saw yeah. him this whenever we were in club, we yeah. had to watch the players yeah. come in. And I'm just like, he's one that actually will rec- Like if I said something, he'd recognize yeah. and like give me a handshake. It is weird to have to put everything else on check, though, whenever you meet people like that of any kind of celebrity, because you instantly just want right. to fanboy out. Yeah. But you just have to be like, no, you're you're a person. I had to recognize like where I was. If it was at a game, it'd be one scenario. But having to recognize that I was in public with somebody clearly doing something that they didn't want to be. They're not all going to be the, um, and the problem is like, it's the whole don't ever meet your heroes thing. Yeah. Because you never know how it's going to yeah. end up. Yeah. 
You can't all be like my brother met Jeff Foxworthy at uh, Whole Foods up in uh, <laughs> Alpharetta or Peachtree Corners or Johnson Creek, one of those places. And he's like, ah, oh, he's like, do I say something? He did. He's like, oh, hey, Danny, Danny, nice to meet you, man. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. He's like, what's your name? What do you do? How are you doing? That's what are, awesome. Yeah, he's nice. just like the nicest guy. But I, it's not always like that. Right. Well, yeah, again, yeah, yeah. and it's I think you, I think you kind of give it. Give them the opportunity to engage in that, right? Like, if you want to meet them, say yes. Hey, how's it going? Like, I'm a fan. And then, if they want to have a conversation, great. But again, yeah. they're doing, yeah. they're living their lives. You're putting it's the ball weird. in their court at exactly. that point, and exactly. whatever they want to do is good. You know, it was, you know, as a you know journalist, it was similar for me when I first started covering the team. Is like, you know, I kind of see saw them in a different light beforehand than when I was doing it after afterwards. So yeah. when I first started, it was. I mean, and I swear, any journalist, any sports journalist. They're lying if they say it's not like that. Yeah. That they aren't kind of in, yeah. in not in awe, but just like. Oh, yeah. You're kind of taking that they're in the presence yeah. of like a celebrity of right. some sort. You right. Know? I do like Kevin Brown's suggestion. Scream Gresselmania at the top of your lungs and immediately start crying. That's his plan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if there is a bigger Gressel, Julian Gressel fan than Kevin Brown is. Uh, he can't get Bello and Julian Gressel. He's got to pick one. You got to pick one. I'm going to put you on the spot, Kevin. One's a little weird because one. you're a grown man and Bello's not even 18 yet. <laughs> That's true. That's like the weird thing. Like whenever I was tweeting about Chris Goslin. And he's Goslin. got priors. So yeah. you might need. <laughs> it's like I, I caught myself tweeting about Chris Goslin and Andrew Carlton last year, like kind of like fawning over them. I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. <laughs> like, I'm 31 years old. And they're like half my age. This is going to get taken yeah. the wrong. This is Twitter. This is going to get taken the wrong way. We're going to get canceled. I was actually surprised when I did when I met Russell for that thing. I, I asked him, you know, what, but when, when we were getting set up, you know, yeah. just like, how often do you get stopped? Because I would think it would be a lot. And he actually said like the way he he responded to it. Didn't seem like it was that often. You know, he said he was yeah. like, yeah, from time to time. Yeah. But like not like, you know, I would have thought it would have been all the time, especially in Midtown. I feel like there's a huge right. part of the fan base right. lives right. there and yeah. is surrounded there. But um, Anthony Neitzel, Tony Neitzel uh, saying he saw John Larroquette in Portland and I am very jealous. <laughs> and you guys aren't even mentioning the John Larroquette show. Brian's talking about Night Court and, and they're talking about Parks and Rec. But yeah. John Larroquette and uh, the John Larroquette show. So how do you... This so the second thing that happened after this engagement was I was immediately confronted with the fact that just last week what, that you're a sneaker addict now. Well, yeah, yeah. we don't need to talk. We're not going to talk about the circumstances Shut that up. brought you to Shut me. Up. We don't need to talk about the fact that I go walk into every sneaker shop in the mall every day just to look. <laughs> he was at least you're getting your steps in. You're exactly. getting your steps in at lunch, exactly. going and exactly. breaking the bank to go buy Yeezys. I don't buy them. I just like to look. And then go get them off StockX. Okay, so it, okay, so Joe, I think you you would have a good. Uh, maybe you're in a different situation because you do see them regularly. But I was immediately confronted by the fact that right after I got done saying hey to him and then tweeted it out, I was like, oh no. He's going to listen. He might listen to the show. And last week we were being very critical of him. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, no, he's like, probably not going to listen. I was like, well, then I definitely was like, oh, well, there's no way in hell he's going to listen to it. But then still, even if he doesn't listen to our show, there are other media personalities that he may engage, uh, that players may engage with in a social manner or meet or engage with that they may go back and read an article that they wrote or see them again in a press meeting where kind of have to answer for some of that stuff is that weird at all to you well yeah i mean i think that that's why i mean at least from my perspective like that's you know i I do think about that stuff yeah but you also kind of have that um 
you have that in your mind. You like you have the experience, those experiences of talking to them in person when you're yeah. writing about them. So right. you kind of see them in a different light. You don't yeah. kind of like objectify them as much. Yeah. You know, yeah. like early in the season when everyone was wanting Frank DeBoer to be fired and everything you, like that. You it's included. Like, you know, it's like you were a big at, Frank DeBoer out person, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and again, it was like I, I was fine with saying like the team was playing poorly because they were, but like you know, I don't know. You you just. You can understand it, I guess, a little bit more. You see it yeah. a, a little bit more on like a personal level when you're that close to it, I think. But, I guess um, the difference is you're also not tell, saying that they're a piece of shit human being. You know, <laughs> yeah. you can. I think you, I think it's fair game to criticize performance on the field. Yeah, sure. I think know, it, right? I think it's usually you don't see it very often, and it really happens with more of the immature head case players where they end up like legitimately going after, going the, after media, the media whenever they're yeah. in the locker room. Yeah. Like big example I can think of is Jason Williams, White Chocolate. In the White NBA, chocolate, whenever, right. whenever uh, somebody he was in yeah. Memphis, and one of the journalists was in the locker room. He's like, "No, you ain't writing right nothing, homeboy." And he took the pen out of his hand. He's like, "You ain't writing nothing, homeboy." And I was just like, "That's, <laughs> that's crazy. That's pretty awesome." But at the same time, like that would have been really no great respect. if I shook if I shook Russell's hand. He slapped the shoe out of my hand. He said, "Keep my fucking name." Out your <laughs> <mouth>. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny that we have this conversation considering you met Julian because he, I would say, he is one of the guys who's like more prickly. If you criticize him at all, like there was one time that happened last season where Tata Martino had moved him into like a central midfielder role. Yeah, and um, kind of like you know, he's playing a little he, bit right now. Right. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And um, you know, he'd been playing on the wing forever, and then like his it was his first game playing central midfield, and you know when you have that kind of experience oftentimes it doesn't go super well when right. you know you're right. moving into a different position for the first game so i just you know i asked him something about yeah. that i said you know like you know how, how difficult of it you know how difficult was it to to transition into that right. position or whatever right. and he was like do you think i played poorly and i was like uh no sir <laughs> <laughs> no i didn't say that but it was yeah. like it was just like stunned to like get like a yeah. you know clap back at me a bit well, I think some of that also maybe has to do with the timing of hearing those things. I mean, you're typically in there talking to them post game where it's really fresh for, yeah. for, to hear some of those things that maybe they're already feeling a little self conscious about or well, yeah, just I, going I mean, through. At this level, a lot of the time, I think these players are, especially successful players, are going to be probably their biggest critics. Yeah. And you're probably right where, like, you see the frustration, like, whenever PD gets taken off, that frustration is not just because no, he's getting yeah, taken off. Yeah. I think some of it is, you didn't have time to like correct course and, and that right. sort of thing. Then right. they get, they're pissed off at themselves, but you're right. I mean, it's fresh wounds, open wounds and good old Joe Morton over here, just putting salt. Yeah. All in there. <laughs> yeah. So, um, a, a lot of people going off in the trap about Frank versus Tata. Is, is that true? And, Frank and, is technically right now, um, better points total than Tata was in season one. I don't know. I know that we're one game shy of total shutouts that we had all of last year, and we're not even halfway through the season. We equaled, we equaled last year, I think, in shut in clean sheets. Uh, we I thought we were one shy of. I thought we were sitting at seven, and we had eight last year. We're on eight now. That was yeah, our, we have that eight. Was our Oh, eight. that yeah. was our eighth. Yeah. Oh, okay, eight, okay. Eight yeah. wins, eight shutouts. Okay, sixteen thousand right. dollars donated to Choa, which is God, what I really care awesome. about. That's, that's awesome. Fucking yeah. awesome. Um, but a lot of people talking about Frank. I'm assuming both of you guys, I know that you did because you tweeted out, you saw the article that got written up today about Frank and changing his mindset, coaching the team and yeah. stuff like that. Talk about blowing up someone's spot. He, said he lives on the 23rd floor and uh, yeah. you might as well just tweet it out his address there. <laughs> all yeah. you got to do is find all of the buildings in Midtown <laughs> I that, want are, that are more than or less than 23 <laughs> floors or whatever. You know, you anything that has less than 23 floors, you filter out. I yeah. think you can narrow the building's 
down to maybe seven or eight in Midtown. You camp those out over a series of... I'm basically telling people how to stop him. (laughs) Yeah. Just doxing the coach. Yeah, that is a little weird. I was shocked to read that. I had actually been heard that... It's funny because I had heard that he lives on the 23rd floor of, you know... I don't know what building it is. Yeah. I, I, it was, I was given a descriptor. Right. I don't want to say anything yeah. more about it. But I thought that was so funny. That was like, that is a we both very heard the specific exact same, Yeah, 23rd floor. Okay. Yeah. Also, the, the it's, within, it's within viewing of Mercedes. Like, they got cool. very specific yeah. about, like, you can <laughs> yeah. see the stadium. It's so the 23rd must, floor. He's, like. on the, he's on the west wing of the, of the, of the building. <laughs> Is that like a mandate? Is that like because at Home Depot, all the higher ups have to they have to be in the the side of of a Home Depot? Depot. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I'm, no, I'm serious. What? Yeah, so in Vinings, so the Home Depot's headquarters in Vinings, like right yeah. at the corner oh, of 285 right, right. and yeah, yeah. um Paces Ferry. And yeah, no, the higher ups have to they have a window view that looks down on the very first Home Depot store on um Trying to think of what road that is now, Cumberland Parkway. Yeah, yeah, they have to look out like wow. a morale thing. It's like you're supposed huh. to look out onto the original flagship store and think about it. So Unless that's, that's like, some that's weird. A very, that's a yeah. very expensive way of framing your first dollar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, um, so the article takeaways from that. Tim, did you get a chance to read it? No, I, I saw some of the snippets. Um, yeah, the the things that I saw were kind of the takeaways and things that you touched on in terms of like his compromises meeting kind of the the players in the middle on some of the the game play, or the tactics and and trying to get guys comfortable or um going away from the traditional dutch style of the the pregame the, the biggest thing to me man i mean there was a lot of really interesting points in that but to hear the players or read about the players talking about his engagement with the locker room yeah. and him i forget the fact that these these Men are kids in a lot of regard, Dude, right? Yeah, we like, talked about that the other day. Is like you're it, dealing it's, with it's twenty year olds. Crazy to me that like you're dealing with twenty to twenty five year olds. Like Brad Guzan is maybe six months older than me. Yeah, like that's like he's thirty two, right? Guzan's uh, like thirty two years yeah, old, probably something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy yeah. to me yeah. because he seems like and right. like to me like so much older like, than right. I am. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. No, I know. It, it is. It is weird. You know the. And, it's funny because I've talked with Felipe Cardenas about this before, about how last year you would never see Tata Martino in no, the locker room. Yeah. You would never see him in the locker room. He would be there. Were, so when you go into the locker room, you basically like if you go one way, you're going into like the main locker room area where the, you know, the lockers are and, so, and stuff. And then if you go the other way, there's like it's like an auxiliary room and there's like a carrig and like, you know, sometimes they, yeah, yeah. they would do some press scrubs. That's where, you know, Tata would hang out over there from time to time. He would, you know, be like sipping on a tea or something, um, just chatting with people. But he would never go into the area where the players are. But now and now Frank, Frank would be like Frank's walking around there like the hotel eating. room. He'll be like eating. A, he was like yeah. eating a burrito in there one day. Yeah. <laughs> he, about he eats anything but lettuce. Like that guy is <laughs> he's what? Almost 50. He's shredded. Like he's so tiny still. Yeah. Like. You see those old players, usually they start developing a little bit of a pooch. Right. They start It's just interesting to hear his approach I don't to believe coaching he eats carbs. embracing the age and the mentality of the majority of the players that he's coaching. And you don't see that a lot of times. It's always like business forward or very standoffish, like what Tata Martino employed. You know, it's the business aspect of coaching and the tactics and stuff like that, and very little of the engagement with the players on an individual or personal level and i think that's what it takes to be a successful manager for younger kids who maybe need to buy into a system long term especially with his 
plans as it relates to the academy or youth players. Or, and, you know, I hate – it's weird to think – I think a lot of Miles Robinson's success has just been him as a player and where he fits into this lineup. But I can't help but think that maybe that – lends itself to some of his success and willingness to do things in this lineup is that relationship that the players are building with their coach day to day. Barco staying after practice and doing free kicks with him. Like you see these things that maybe correlate to some of these players success outside of just their inherent abilities. And it makes me a lot more, I mean, we were never on the FDB out train, but it just makes me that much more happy and excited about where his tenure over the next four years is going to go. Well, the the article to me really highlighted, you know, there is a cultural difference and just, and just the way that they, you know, that Frank DeBoer and a lot of the South American players just kind of approach the game and approach yeah. like the whole regimen that surrounds a game as far as training is concerned. I remember. So like one of the things they talk about in the article is uh recreativo when they just kind of like yeah. play loose. They just like play like fun yeah. games on the day before a game. Yep. And <clears throat> I remember uh, going to a training one time and during this period of the, of the trainings called B roll where they allow news cameras to go out and shoot and journalists like me can just watch. Um, yeah, they were playing basically ultimate Frisbee, except instead of a Frisbee, they were just throwing a soccer ball around, but it was all with their hands. Like they were not playing with their feet <laughs> at all. And I think the, yeah, the, the, the news people were like, come on, like we can't put this on the news. Like we're, we're, we're yeah, talking about right, them playing right, uh, soccer. Right, like they're just right. throwing it around with their hands. Right. Um, but that's just kind of, yeah, that's something they do to get loose. And But at the same time, I feel like that's what builds up the chemistry in between players. It's just like playing yeah, pickup. Totally. I feel like I have more... Anybody that plays soccer knows that if you're going to build up a relationship with the players around you, you get that by just goofing off more so than just running drills. Because right. you... So much of soccer is based on personality and circumstances. And if you know the personalities and tendencies of players around you, whenever you're able to have that free flowing style of play, it, it definitely helps whenever the game's on the line and stuff yeah. like that. And I, and I think that Fr- what Frank is kind of learning or what he has learned so far this season is that there's a per- there's a blend of both that can oh, happen absolutely. in terms of having the like doing that stuff to build those relationships, but then also having tactical discipline to, to, to be regimented and, and to be able to know your job, do your job on the field. And I think that that's what we're seeing with Atlanta United this season. I mean, yeah, I they, mean, they look so much more solid, you I, know, oh, absolutely. Um, especially defensively. <laughs> so I went, I went back and listened to Frank DeBoer's press conference after the first Herediano game that was played, uh, at Kennesaw on, at Kennesaw state. And I'm, and after that game, he talked about how he was really pleased with the team because they controlled the game, even when they didn't have the ball, you know, they had a lot of possession, but even when they didn't have possession and he talked about like, that was kind of the things that he's trying, he was going to try to build. It's funny because, you know, as time has gone on, we've kind of seen that, you know, not happen at times. And then, of course, they've gotten much better at it in recent, you know, six weeks or so. Um, and the team has really improved in that regard. And so it's interesting to kind of go back and hear that at the time. And you kind of don't you, you hear it, but you don't quite know what it means. And you're, now we're kind of seeing what it means unfold in front of our eyes, especially this week. And I guess that's a good segue into talking about the game this week. Um, so. We always start out talking about lineups. No major changes. We didn't really talk. We didn't talk Minnesota at all. But lineup, literally no changes between Minnesota and yeah. Chicago. Yeah. It's the same exact yeah. lineup that we saw from from game to game. Yeah. So Minnesota, I, I will defer to you two because I was sort of passively watching it and then kind of read up on a lot of stuff, a lot of criticism about He's having parking an the bus. Experience yeah, parking, the parking the bus, being up 1-0. Um, obviously we get the, the two goals late 
Uh, what were your thoughts? We certainly, I mean, we certainly did play more conservative after we did get that first goal, right? I mean, I don't think yeah. there's any question about that. It was a little weird. It always felt like at some point um, that the that the bottom was going to fall out for for Minnesota, and it finally did. Like the dam finally broke at a certain point. It was it was an interesting interesting game because it seemed like the crowd was getting a little restless for a while, and then as soon as Joseph scored that goal, um, whenever he had that kind of it wasn't really a one-on-one because he got past two defenders, but right. whenever he beat uh, Manone in that first goal, it just seemed like a lot of pressure was raised off. And then Minnesota just had the, I don't know, they got the the orders, the marching orders to just start pushing and pushing and pushing. And then Ike Opara had like the worst <laughs> gaffe I've ever seen from him. And yeah. Oh, just that was to, so bad. It was beautiful. Um, I felt like Dion Pereira played well. Yeah, uh, that was one of the big takeaways. I, I think it was weird seeing he was like the man of the match. Right, it was yeah, a big yeah. settling in game for him because he's been. I mean, he's not been terrible. Whatever uh, no, he's no, been no. on so far, but he hasn't been a standout mm-hmm. player. For to, me. to me, it's every other game right now. I think he needs consistency, and it's yeah. something that you're going to get eventually from a young player like him. You see exactly why he's getting played, yeah. and you see he looks so silky smooth on the ball. He yeah. looks so in control, but then at times he does lose the ball. Absolutely. But that was kind of a talking point. Uh, on social media whenever they announced the lineups and I saw a lot of people grumbling or before even the lineups were like, I really hope Dion Pereira isn't starting. And my initial thought was like, I don't know why. Like he's, we don't have another person to put up there right now yeah. other than maybe Breck Shea. Well, I think Justin Miram, people may have wanted to see because they made but the not trade on the for left, him. But on the left side, it seems weird putting Miram in there, right? Because he's usually more central or, yeah. or coming from the right side, or at least that we've seen him in Atlanta United. Yeah. Um, and he's usually was playing in the hole for, for Columbus from... I don't know. Yeah. But, no, I, I, but I think it shows that, like, you know, he's just not fully integrated into the team as much as Dion Pereira is, is especially. And so that has a lot of value to have just been training, you know, oh, yeah. with, these, with the group of guys for that long. You know, that gives you a huge edge. It's a payoff. And it's also a, a, not a nail in the coffin. I think that's, I don't know why my mind immediately went to that. It's just, um, just another thing to point out that he's getting starts over Andrew Carlton too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody, an el- he keeps a 17, coming up. a 17 year old elder statesman or an 18 year old elder statesman of Atlanta United who just keeps getting passed over. Well, it seems to be less so about the skill and more so about the things off the field that Frank keeps mentioning when asked about Carlton, about his distractions and things that that's more what's keeping him out of playing, I think, than just his ability to play. But, you know, so, so there were there was a stretch of games before he started making these benches uh, where he was playing a lot for the twos. And I think that that had people concerned, yeah. myself included, you know, like, why is right. he playing with the twos? Right. So uh, it turns out that that was actually a request and a, like an agreement that Carlton and the club had made to let him play those matches with the twos instead of sitting on the bench. Because uh, he okay. wanted to try to he wanted basically like tape and to get his fitness up in case he got called up for the U20 World Cup. He was trying to he was trying to make the U20 World Cup. That's so fair. He, he wanted to be playing full games. You're right. Totally. Makes yeah, total yeah. sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. So, um but I think that, you know, I I don't I wouldn't discount what Frank said about him either. You yeah. know, like he he, he said Again, that stuff for a reason. I think that's part of him being in this role of that's the other thing that being that style of coach of being very friendly with players is you hear and know a lot more about other players yeah. because mm-hmm. you're in their social circle. He's very didn't frank when uh, it comes to these things yeah. no uh, but no but really i mean and we talked about it i think last week or a couple weeks ago that those comments came out and then you immediately saw carlton start to get on to the 18 mm-hmm. and it was almost as if he was 
exposing what they were going through in his his quest to get back into that into that match day squad. It's the thing. Carlton still has a lot to 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 work on to get to get. I mean, the reason he's not making squads is because there are other players that are better. Than Absolutely, him, you know. Yeah. And he he really needs to work on his like honestly just his core strength. And I know that that's something that you know Frank has talked about when he's talking about oh, the professionalism. Yeah. He talks about. He talks about pity that way all the time. He talks about diet. He talks about being in the gym when you don't have to be in the gym, you know, to get stronger. I mean, when it's, it's very noticeable when you're up next, when you're standing next to a a professional player, their legs. I always say that's like, you look at their legs and you can, you can tell they're like not like a normal human's legs. Right. And Andrew kind of still has normal human legs uh, as to where he doesn't have like veins and blood vessels, yeah. blood vessels like popping out there's of his There's a Rito. There's a Rito. There's a reason why Tito wears his shorts so high. <laughs> yeah, <There's, laughs> yeah, yeah, there is. Speaking of veins on legs, somebody was talking about uh, Schweinsteiger having varicose veins <laughs> on Saturday. I thought that was pretty great. I can't remember who said that. That's pretty great. I felt like that came out of our slack, but. Um, <laughs> Another yeah. big point about Minnesota game save of the year <laughs> for this team at least so far. Yeah, Dan got us ratioed on Twitter by yeah, thanks uh, Dan <laughs> by making it seem like that ball crossed the line. Uh-huh. Um, pretty yeah. insane run of play there though. That was, that was very crazy. that was very insane. Like I had a like I felt like I was getting really nervous leading up to that, and then that happened. I was just kind of blown away, but at the same time, I mean that's. It's the way it rolls sometimes. Yeah. Like, I mean, we've, we've been on the, the losing end of that the and they game have, prior. Like, and so you, you said that they do have goal line technology if needed. They do, right? So they do not. I, I didn't know this. I thought they would have, but yeah. So we had to get clarification on this. The VAR is basically, basically overseas goal line. But they have, instances. I guess that they would have camera views right on the line to be able to tell. It, like, I mean, how would they, you? I, mean, I didn't see one. That they didn't. If they do, they didn't show it on TV. You know, like, I didn't either. That's why I was yeah. like, I'm assuming they have goal line, and that's why I didn't well, right. go no, to no, review or something. Yeah, yeah. Elliot Beaven brings up one of the things that a lot of people were talking about. Even if that ball would have crossed the line, there was handling of that ball by Minnesota before it crossed the line. Uh, yeah. So it, it, VAR would have it may have probably overturned anyway. that. Yeah. Oh, it was a handball. Before? Yeah, there was a handball by. Uh, uh, yeah, by, I think there was a hand by. An Atlanta player too is a real oh, crazy yeah. scrum. I mean, it, but the I, the handball by the Minnesota guy happened first, so I think that would have negated anything yeah. that would have happened on the play. Um, takeaways from that game: Joseph like getting the monkey off his back. Yeah, I think scoring was... two of those goals one on one, like just his confidence level seemed high, and you saw that rolling into Chicago with the, with, the, with the shots that he was taking. Mm-hmm. And you uh, know he's feeling it because he's he's gotten a new celebration now yeah, that he's like, you can tell he's just loving it. Oh, he's, man. he's absolutely <laughs> he, loving not it. Not only has he got a new celebration, but he's even tweeting about it. The, what, what, do you, what do you tweet? Like, the more you give a king, yeah. the more he wants? Yeah. I was like, oh my god, Joseph, come on. <laughs> he's getting more dramatic, too, with like the, the, how, how he'll, he'll like walk slowly and uh-huh. slowly take the knee. <laughs> the one thing I thought was very telling, though, from the press conference i don't know if you tweeted that out whenever he was talking about he's like people the fans don't think i hear them when they're saying i why isn't oh, joseph yeah. scoring yeah, yeah. he said but i do and he's yeah. like that's the shit that got him so pissed off in torino it's like yeah. i right yeah yeah alpharetta dad's just out there uh, <laughs> pissing off our best players um it's funny because i i was just listening to uh the um, 92.9 post game report uh-huh. um on my way over here and they had julian gressel on and gressel is like just want to thank the fans for sticking with us through that tough time. You know, he's like got the he's got the, the oh, message got all on the brand. Talking, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Joseph is just like not sticking to the script. Yeah. I'm sure the communication <laughs> people are like, no. <laughs> 
He said, I guess there's nothing, no, there's no non disparagement clause in his contract, I guess, that he can't go after the fans. You always, you always know, uh, he's going to say something good when he's, when he's talking in Spanish, because I, you know, I don't speak Spanish. Uh, you always know it's going to be something good when you see Justin, like, start, like, chuckling, like, next (laughs) next to him. (laughs) That's a good call. Um, anything else from that Minnesota game that really stood out? But, but to your point, I mean, and I think Kevin and I talked about this off, off camera about, this team just feels I feel way more confident in this team's ability to consistently get a result than I did in the previous two years. Or like it feels this team is far more predictable than it was, mm-hmm. especially in year one and even at points in year two, where especially the defense first mentality that we have, the ability to control the game, as you said, on and off the ball. Um I just feel a lot more comfortable going in. It doesn't hurt that we have the best center back in MLS, and it's not Leandro Gonzalez Perez, and it's not <laughs> Michael Parker. Yeah. I think, d- and he's still he's not on the All Star ballot. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. I, I think don't know my, if we made it on there yet, but I agree with you. But I think my confidence more lies in the I am confident, and I can pretty much bet on what Atlanta may do defensively, which is a first for this team in right. three years. Um, and it's been a concerted effort by Frank DeBoer and the coaching staff to rectify those issues. They they pointed out that that was a big problem with Atlanta United over the first two years. And so from that standpoint, I think the scoring is on a positive trajectory, and I, I think it's been consistent. But I still think the bulk of my confidence has now shifted from where it maybe was so much offensively last year to now being more defensively confident in this team and its lineup. It's yeah. fu- it's funny because at the beginning of the season, I remember when that quote came out. I think it was in a Felipe, one of Felipe's articles with Parkhurst, I want to say it was, where he said that like Frank you know, wanted more defensive control uh, or wanted to improve the, the right. defense. And I remember reading that like, really? Like... I don't I didn't remember it being that bad, but then now you can really tell the difference. And it's funny, I was um texting with a friend of mine who's also a Tottenham fan. I'm a Tottenham fan, and uh he was he was comparing it to like when Tottenham before Mauricio Pochettino and they had like these fun teams with Gareth Bale and stuff that would yeah. score lots of goals, but they were still like very flaky yeah. and would and would and would concede all the time and right. therefore, you know, it, it held them back a bit. And now it's like when you know, now it's like kind of current Tottenham where it's you're just more solid. You feel more confident going right. in the game that you can at least get a result and that, you know, a draw is kind of like the minimum you, you feel like you can get out of a game. And, you know, but it's three funny. points is I definitely I mean, you look at that, like, uh, it's, you have a Swiss cheese defense a lot of times in, like, the Spanish League and Barcelona. They'll have good teams sometimes, but then, like, Real Madrid and Barcelona, they'll give up a lot of goals a lot of the time, especially in Champions League. But um, the best teams in England, I mean, you talk about Tottenham and Liverpool and Manchester City, they start, like, their defense yeah yeah i mean if you look at the goals allowed it's pretty ridiculous yeah and that's where we're standing right now too well it's also you think about i think it was bobby boswell's um talking about atlanta united under tata and his time here and how the training was structured that they were their defensive playing was playing it out of the backfield and playing the counter it played directly into the attack more so than it did just in the defense and you've seen something completely contradictory to that under frank DeBoer, where they are controlling and possessing in the backfield and defensively rather than just let's play it quick and punish them on a counter and so from that standpoint not only are they doing that but to do that confidently and consistently is a really welcome change in this lineup that's helping to build some of the possession based style of play that they want to continue down the field as you go so i'm, I'm glad you brought up that uh, brought up bobby boswell because one other thing this is like not on the exact same topic but i remember 
um, he tweeted something about how Tata had um, like grievances filed against him for for too, oh, yeah. too many yeah, training yeah, yeah. sessions yeah, or whatever. Yeah. It's really interesting watching Frank because Frank is the total opposite. Like they will train some of these games when they play like this week when they played on Wednesday and then again on Saturday. So media was only there for Friday. They they didn't have any training. They had some regen stuff for people who wanted, yeah. needed to go get treatment the day after the game. But then their only training day was Friday and they literally went out and like did rondos for like 20 minutes and then it was done. Like huh. no, like really no training at wow. all. Almost. Um, it was just kind of like go touch the ball, but right. you know, it, right. that was it. He's really, he seems very conscious of this, of the team's energy levels, which is smart in my opinion. Well, considering, especially right considering now. The running yeah, team. I mean, exactly. he knows how dead they are. Yeah. Uh, in that, in that podcast I was listening to on my way over here, Julian Gressel was like, yeah, I was toast at 70 minutes, which is why I had to come off. It's yeah. funny because he never really comes off. He's some, yeah. he's a guy that usually yeah. you can rely on for 90 minutes. So it just shows like how worn down these guys are. Everyone that yeah. we've asked about it said it's, They've never been through a stretch like this in their was it careers. Eight matches in five weeks, six weeks, twenty-eight days, Something twenty-eight like that, days. Yeah, yeah. shit, four four weeks, weeks. Yeah. four four yeah. weeks. Yeah, and we yeah. got six wins out of eight matches. And you were and you were flying across the country twice. You were oh, going, yeah, you were yeah. going to Vancouver, then New York, then back to yeah. Salt Lake, Vancouver, and then back. Atlanta to Vancouver, flew Vancouver what? to Atlanta, flew Atlanta halfway around the world. Yeah. I think yeah. Conte's <laughs> stat was crazy. <laughs> also, apologies. I did not know that you were a Tottenham fan. Now I feel like an asshole. That I was just oh, proud no, of Tim. I, like I definitely was not. Doing uh, so that it was. Oh man, yes. No. So Saturday was brutal. I <laughs> so I was actually going to watch the the Champions League at the stadium. That was kind of my plan going in. I had some friends who live in Midtown um, that. One, like the guy I was telling you I was texting with about he was going to be watching it in in my buddy's apartment down there and I was like nah it's too it's like it's in Midtown you know there's a lot of like driving parking's weird right, and yeah. you know there's not that much time after the game ends before getting over there but anyways I did decide to like last spur of the moment decision was like screw it like right. the soccer's about watching with your right, friends right, not, right. Not, I'm not gonna like sit in the press box and watch yeah, it by myself yeah, or even yeah. just like so I went over there and watched it and um yeah, it was pretty sad getting back over. I was yeah. just like I so normally I sit next to Sam Jones, who who is a Liverpool fan. I, I made him go sit next to Doug <laughs> on the like there's like a he sits on kind of like the other side of the stairwell, so he's a little separated. So I made them sit together. Oh man. I just kind of Real watched quick. the game quietly. That's a penalty, right? Yes. Oh, so yeah, so yeah. Okay. It's thank you. It, thank I mean, you. it's like it's like um, I, I kept describing it as like God, you know, in the, level-headed you know, the, person. You know, in the NBA God. when someone's guarding and they have their hand out and they try to do the quick shot. Yeah. It wasn't intentional like that, but it was like that where it's like it's a foul. Like it, it's you know by the book. Right. My thing is my thing is so just like the hit. dog show a couple of weeks ago. Light yeah. maybe for Martinez. You talking about Tim it, Parker getting yeah, sent off? Yeah. Exactly. So for me, it's like Sissoko's arms out in the it's first in the way. place. It's, it, yeah. it hits his bicep and then swings down and maybe hits his wrist on the way down too. It's like, I, anyway, I just got to. It was an unfortunate play yes, for him. No, I, I do. Yeah. I do not envy him at all. It's yeah, not. Yeah. It's it's it wasn't really even like not his, his fault. fault. No, yeah, no, yeah. it's not his fault at all. So I just yeah, wanted it was a penalty. Okay. I, I feel want. I feel like we've neglected the trap a lot tonight. We apologize. You can call in and leave voicemails and tell us how bad we are about it. Six seven eight eight two seven three two nine seven. This is so cool. This setup you have in here oh thanks thanks yeah oh it's uh oh, <laughs> oh, it's way more advanced than uh oh. than what i'm typically working with <laughs> <laughs> we did have somebody talk about yeah uh, you guys jumping ship to come over here but uh <laughs> <laughs> no pressure and andy watkins andy watkins stoking the fire oh, i know andy oh uh, yeah it's yeah. a good yeah. dude um, um so the uh, goodest of dudes i guess the big the big thing that came up um is left back with kevin brown a couple of things that really came up this week was uh frank's uh, and we'll still talk about the game. So Julian Gressel gets his green card. Yes. Gordon Wilde gets his green card. And then we 
let go of you can Anderson, that, Anderson Asiedu. Yes. Who was taking up um, a... Oh, I'm glad you did all the background because you need to you need yes. to know about the Asiedu to Asi- know So the we, we were actually overloaded on international slots. I think that's why a lot of yeah. guys are in the twos, right? So um, we went from having 11 guys, 11 guys taking up eight international slots to having a free international slot at this point. So that brought in speculation immediately that there's going to be some sort of move. And then Frank added fuel to the fire saying he wants to bring somebody in during without the missing a beat whatever. yeah absolutely <laughs> um, oh okay so was it you that asked that question it was doug it was doug oh, okay okay yeah like, man yes. i love we all started I, laughing when he when he's it was like yes and then we started laughing then he started laughing <laughs> he was like yeah <laughs> I, can i tell you how much i love doug's personality on twitter just how sometimes unprofessional is not the word pithy that he gets with people, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's I, I find it refreshing. I yeah, I find it very refreshing that he's not just like by the book, tweeting out news. Yeah. He's actually interacting. He's like somebody asks him, except for me, he will not bite like, on my shenanigans like, ever. <laughs> him and Rob Ustry never bite on my I think, shit. I think Rob has us muted at this point. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually positive that's it. The amount of times you've told him to imagine dragons at this point. <laughs> You're right. That's my fault, really. It's really my uh, fault. Uh, no, but somebody's like, hey, why was Gressel, why was Gressel playing this way? And he's, he's like, Doug's just like, why wouldn't he? Like, w- yeah. where do you expect him to play? It's just like, if you take the text to just flat, like, face value, it's like, wow, he's being a jerk. Well, I feel, I've, I felt bad speaking of Gressel because, so, uh, after what the, the Minnesota game, it was, I think they had announced him before that. Yeah, it was Minnesota. And, um, and so I like we were waiting for Gressel to get dressed before we went to, before we talked to him. So I'm just like standing next to him. I'm like, Doug, ask him about his green card. And he's like, and you know, he didn't really. Oh, say that's it. what he, I should have said he really, he, today. I should have been like, oh, oh congrats, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah damn yeah. it. Uh, I was like, ask him about the green card. And so he was like, yeah, he like didn't like give me an answer. So then we walk up to him, and first thing right out of the gate, Doug's like. So how does the green card work? Do you like hold it in your wallet? Or like, like, like do you, you know, like what do you do with that? You know, just kind of like joking around, just try to try to like get him to talk. No, about you it. use it whenever he gets a red card. He can trump it. It's like Uno. You <laughs> yeah. just switch it to green. It's like no, back to you. Reverse. Put drop four. Drop two. <laughs> so I tweeted that exchange, and I get that uh, it did not really go over that well. Like when people were like, "Come on, Doug." I, you know, I was like, "No, no." He, he was just he was just joking around. Like he was just he was just being you know having some fun. It's not like he asked, do you have to lick the back of the food stamps before you put them on the... That hits too close to home. <laughs> that is too close, Tim. You know me. You know where I came from. You know that was a real part of my life. <laughs> what if your tongue's too dry from the powdered milk to, to Okay, fuck off. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Okay. Um, it's okay. You could just spritz it with the tears that you've soaked up from your dad leaving. <laughs> <laughs> He, oh! <laughs> this is the thing like you, you go and try and make kevin uh, 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 uncomfortable <laughs> uncomfortable and he's just like nope i'm gonna just uh that, that's the trump card that's your green card is, is growing up a bastard like, that's, <laughs> uh, um so you are of sorts people seem to look to you as the gm blog of our uh <laughs> <laughs> like confirm transfer rumors yeah. or confirm yeah. like uh rumors that are coming through is there legitimately anything that you've heard about position wise i mean people would, i think i think naturally <laughs> real dark <laughs> um i think naturally 
just based off of the reaction in the stadium, whenever Breck Shea plays, I think people's first thought is we need a left back. Yeah. Oh my God. But yeah. he almost scored this week. Uh, yeah. That would have been amazing. <laughs> he actually, he looked really good at the yeah, like, looked, left wing role. He looked great. Yeah, yeah, he looked great I, as a winger. Right. He needs to play left wing. He's, so, he's never been a left back. Right. Like, he's been deployed there as when, like a stopgap. Yeah. So when he, when he was brought in, of course, Frank DeBoer was playing like a 3-4-3 three, three or whatever it was when he came in. And I remember he was like the, the second day of training this season. He was on the media sheet. So we got to talk to him and we were like, right, someone asked him like, like, are you willing to play left back? And he was like, well, on this team, I am like not on, not, not on every, not, not on, on every Orlando team. City. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Not, yeah. Not, not on Orlando City, yeah. but like, yeah. yeah, I am here. Um, so it's, but it sounded like what I took from that was like, it wasn't his preference to do that, but right. like he could do it. Like he, he would be willing to obviously do it. But it, I think we kind of saw after that last game that it's probably not his preferred thing. But I, I'm with you. I, I think the left back situation, situation is mostly fine, especially with Parker's for me. It's like, that's, I'm, I'm honestly well, fine I guess, with Parker's out there. I, guess I just know he can't play it all the time. I would be yeah. more fine if I knew some sort of trajectory or, I mean, and maybe you know better than I do. George Bello, do we anticipate seeing him again this season, potentially? This season, yeah, um, I think so. And then Mikey Ambrose, who's been in and out of speculation, he's made the 18 a couple of times. Where is he at in this, and where yeah. does he fit into this whole mix? So I don't think Mikey, I don't think Frank is as high on Mikey as Tata was. Uh, Tata seemed pretty willing to use him, like, whenever whenever needed, especially, like, if he was playing a back three, if Tata was playing a back right. three. Because he's been healthy for a couple weeks now, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's been back in training, um, but I just think that, Frank, I, honestly, I just, the feeling I get is that Frank doesn't really just rate him as highly um uh but i think he's played with the twos um but yeah it'll be interesting to see because he did he started against monterey uh in monterey but that was at, at that right, was at right back yeah, yeah like right the, wing back yeah back there was three. Like, yeah like, there was no really yeah. weird yeah, yeah but, of course you're gonna was, think it, it's like putting joseph martinez in as a defender and be like oh i don't think he should start as a striker anymore right. because he didn't escobar <laughs> was out obviously with the injury and i can't i don't know what julian gressel's situation oh julian gressel also got yeah. hurt yeah. He, he had like an yeah. ankle small ankle injury and yeah. was out for a couple games so i guess yeah that's why he had to fill in there but so kind of going back to the question about Anderson Asiedu and the open roster spot. So splot, I keep on saying that keep drinking I, spot and slot. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Come so, on. Water's um, fine. <laughs> so it's important to note that Anderson Asiedu occupied basically like one of the last reserve spots. There's like all these different like qualifications for different, your different like literal spot on the roster. So there's like 18 senior players and then there's like, players that are designated for like minimum wage guys Certain and like homegrown, homegrown players, yeah. that kind of thing. So that was one of the one that was one of the slots basically that Anderson Asiedu occupied. So basically the only player that could come in for him would be, have to be either a homegrown player or a player that's like not on a lot of money. Essentially. I don't know. It doesn't have to be the minimum, but not much more. So I, basically to me, that says that if they fill that slot, it'll be with a signing from Atlanta United too. That seems to make the most sense to me. Cause I don't think you're signing, a, there's not a player out there. You would have, first of all, you would have to get him on a free, uh, cause you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to really pay a transfer for that slot. Daniele De Rossi, right? I mean, he's made <laughs> yeah, enough yeah. money in his career. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like he can come yeah. in and fill in that role. Um, so there's a guy. So I, I keep on seeing people saying, uh, Jose Hernandez, who's a player that signed under Tata. Left um, back. Yeah. yeah. Left back. Um, but honestly, like he's not the best left back at Atlanta United too. The best left back at Atlanta United too is a guy named Guillermo Benitez. He's a Panamanian that they signed, uh, this off season and he's been playing in the U20 World Cup. Actually had a really good, uh, U20 World Cup. I think he drew a penalty for them. Um, really good player, very athletic, just out and out left back. You know, I would, you know, kind of like sim more similar to Bello than anyone else. You know, he doesn't have the technical ability that Bello has, but he's kind of like that just, 
athlete, fast, you know, can get up and down, which is similar to like, you know, uh, a Franco Escobar, that kind of player. Right. So I think that that's a, a possibility. I don't know what's going to happen with it. They could, it could be anyone. It could just be, they could just sign a player to that con, to that slot who is just a guy they want to like lock down. It could be like, there's another guy, George Campbell, who's a center back, uh, promising, very promising center back, but he's got a, he's going to go to college. He's got to mm-hmm. offer to go to Wake Forest, but maybe he would be enticed by a first team contract deal, you know? Um, so who knows? I'm I'm not sure exactly. But honestly, when he said that he wanted to make a signing and he talked about it being a, a player that can can come in contribute immediately. I don't see. I don't think he was talking about Andrew Sanasiadu's roster spot. I think there's oh, more plans. Okay. Yeah, I think there's more plans for obviously more so activity. We, this so summer. you're saying even that international slot we couldn't fill with a Tam guy. What do you mean? we could? The well, the international so, slots. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, we could, we, it, that that could be occupied by anybody. Right, when Anderson Asiedu spot, you yeah, mean? Or, yeah, the, on the no, no. no I so guess there's a, a difference between a, a, a roster spot, spot. I just said it again, <laughs> a roster spot and a uh, and an international slot. Right. Okay. So, okay. so those are different yeah, okay. things. Like an international slot is just like we're a designation. Same, yeah, we're speaking. Yeah. The same so the, basically, they do have. Yeah, they have room to go out and sign an international player. They probably don't have the TAM for it though. They would probably have to sell someone to get that money to be Alex able to spend. Can? Something that we kind of—I know he's a hometown kid. I mean, I've speculated Tito. That's probably. I think. I think that when you look at Tito Villalba, you're thinking of a guy who's probably coming toward the end of his deal. I mean, he's not a guy. He's probably coming toward the end of his deal. So you want to sell him while you can still get value for him. He's a player that you know pretty clearly Frank DeBoer doesn't rate as highly, or you know, it's not he doesn't fit into Frank DeBoer's system the way he likes to play as much as he did for Tata Martino, where he fit into his system perfectly. Right, right. Um, so I, and I, I, I think the player, I think the player Tito, I think he would be willing to do it. You know, if he's not a regular starter in this team, he would be willing to make a move. I'm thinking somewhere like Mexico, possibly, you know, a, a lower league, uh, like La Liga or Serie A team or something like that. I don't think he would go for much money. I think it would be like, you know, four or $5 million, something like that. But uh, that's enough to get you a good chunk of gam back. Because at this um, point, a, we would make a tight profit on him. I think he was like two and a half to sign, two and a half or three or something like that. And we're going to see at least two thirds of the profit, right? Because he's been with us for almost three years I at think this so. point. Yeah. Yeah. And and you free up the TAM that you were spending on him for his, because they were yeah. spending significantly on him. Which just, he's just to like buy on half a down. million dollars a year almost, right? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it would open up significant funds for them to go out if they did want to go out and sign a big player. They yeah, come Assad, in and step yeah. in. I, so if anyone's read Dirty South Soccer today, me and Rob kind of had a conversation about this, Rob Esri, um, basically speculating that, you know, Assad could be a guy. Like, it would, it would still be a, 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 it's still a long shot, obviously, yeah. when you yeah. look at the world of players available yeah. To, yeah. to sign. But if you were going to sell Tito and you had a slot to, to bring in, Assad is a guy who would probably come in and assimilate to the team faster than any other player out right, there. Right. You know, he's he's already played here, been here, knows some of the players, right. know, has a relationship with Joseph. So, but who yeah, knows? You know, Darren Eels would have a relationship with the club and his agent to, yeah. to make a deal happen, yeah. potentially. But, you know, there's lots of players like that. So, who knows what will happen? Yeah, a lot but of I guys do think, are... I would, I would much, I would, I, I think Tito's going to be sold this summer. Again, my, my biggest thing with Assad for Tito is like, wh- what are you picking up for, from one that you're losing in the other? You know, like technical ability, maybe. Yeah. yeah like inside spaces, yeah. like kind of like your better, 
There were, there were a lot of, but then you've got Barco in pity for that purpose. Whenever true, Barco comes true. back again, it's like what true. what role are you filling that you don't have in the lineup between Barco, Nagby, is, Barco, and Pity? To that point, maybe that is better to look at it that way. That Barco's return to the squad is Absolutely. replacing Tito, and Tito's outgoing would replace maybe. Um, Jeff or yeah or another uh, central midfielder. That's I mean, there's speculation that Nagby could go in the summer, right? Yeah, I mean, Nagby's a guy. I mean, obviously, um, I still stand by the story that the, that Dirty South Soccer reported this preseason that he wanted to move a move out. Um, I, and, and again, we I wouldn't blame him for it either. I mean, he won a championship. It's his second or third championship, second championship, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then to, to have the ability to go back to his hometown to play for his hometown area, you think to go he play still for goes his, back now considering play for his Columbus college coach. Lineup? He could. I mean, I, I guess he could like make a, a difference. Hero, yeah, exactly. to come back and play for Which Caleb Porter and, and make sense. a difference up in there. What's wrong with Columbus right now? They haven't won yeah. in a while, right? Yeah. It's yeah. brutal. Uh, I think they uh, did. They just win. No, they, no, they, they drew, drew NYCFC. I yeah. think they're that's right. I think they're winless in like seven, eight games, something like that. Yeah. I may be maybe wrong there, but it was it was so weird when um so there was like these rumors, you know, and we had reported the story. It was clear something was up, right? Oh like, yeah. If you would watch any of those preseason games, he was just like standing around watching like the Cal State Fullerton right, right, college kids right. just run around him, and then he was sent home early. He got there late and was sent home early. So clearly something was up. And then they bring him out to the media one day, and it was like he had like been out at the dentist, like <laughs> like he had like a dentist appointment he had to get home for. I was like, no, oh, no, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like, uh, you know, oh, I'm fine God. here. I'm totally happy. He's like, okay, yeah, yeah. So so there might be something still there. I don't know, but I do think that central midfield is probably the I think that's the kind of the, the the biggest area that needs strengthening. Yeah, because right now you've got Jeff Nagby and Rometty. That's yeah. really it, right? Yeah, and that's I mean, it. Yeah, like whereas Kratz I mean, is not like yeah. he's been injured. And who knows what you're going to get back from him? Right. You know when he's healthy again? Right. Yeah. Um, and then well, it was as, this as transfer as, window that we picked up Rometty last year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as as far as fullbacks go, I mean the, that's the obvious thing that people want to see. But mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about Parkhurst on left. Uh, Escobar on right, if Escobar's injured or gets a yellow card suspension like he has right now, leading to our next game, Parkhurst can move over to the right, Breck Shea can come in on the left, and that, that, we've seen that work, right? I mean, it's funny to me that, uh, you know, fullback is probably one of the areas of need. I totally agree with that, um, to get depth there, but it's kind of funny considering Atlanta's defensive record this year is right. amazing and yeah. people are like we need a left back like we need yeah. you know, yeah. that's that's what's yeah. great so do you guys see i know we haven't really touched on chicago at all but um you know one of the no, points let's, we do, talked let's about, do let's do uh to segue into your point again i know that you're about to make a point about chicago but we got three no no, no oh, not talking about chicago not, okay i was gonna say no after no, no. this we'll we'll do like top three we'll we'll just all do three points from the game or something like okay that. so what i was gonna say is we touched on it earlier we have eight wins all eight of them have been shutouts we have not won a game when the other team has yeah. scored, obviously. Is that something that you should be... I mean, obviously, that's obvious math, right? But um, is that something that you should be worried about at all? Uh, Not personally, considering the way some of those games went whenever... Like, we rescued a point against Cincy, gave up the point against Philly, or maybe it was the other way around, but... And the then, other game, uh, I mean, the wonder goal against uh, from, from Savarino, or not Savarino, uh... It was Savarino with Savarino, that. yeah. Real Salt Lake scoring that crazy goal at the end of the, in stoppage time to beat us, and right. I don't. I to me, like I don't. I don't know if you worry about when, that. When, no, when when we were up to nothing against uh, Chicago, I said we won Atlanta. Proper journal. yeah, was up yeah. to nothing. I was, I was like, they should just let up a goal here. 
Just, yeah. just get, just get just this bad stat yeah. off their backs. Yeah. You know, exactly. it's like, who, exactly. who cares? Yeah, just, that's, it's almost, that's almost like the same <laughs> mindset of like whenever the Patriots went undefeated and they're like, they should lose in the regular right. season. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Just so it's but not like, hanging over them. But then they can't right. go undefeated. Like, it makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it, so I think it's, I think it's mainly just like coincidence, happenstance yeah. that, that, that that's happened. But I, I mean, I think there's part of it that, you know, Atlanta has, has struggled or especially early in the season to score goals. And so they weren't kind of, when the defense was leaking some goals, they weren't in a in a moment where they could right. they could score and, and you know make. But those to games. that point, like now we've won a couple a handful of games by multiple goals, but we haven't. We still. What's our biggest loss? Is the two nothing? I think it's uh, the Monterey game. The the biggest loss regular regular season, season is, yeah. is Columbus and DC at yeah. two nothing. Yeah. Yeah. and those games were not aberrations, but they should be well, taken with a grain of salt because game of the weather. Was in, a monsoon, so there's that. Um, that game should have been canceled. Like that was yeah, not that even was a game. Fucking that was but, but, the, but the games that we're losing, we're losing by a, a point, right? Yeah, we're yeah, losing yeah. by a goal, and not we're not giving up a bunch of uh, like a bunch of silly goals. And again, even those games are kind of silly. You know, you lose to a uh, Red Bulls team that's down a man off of a crazy just. You know, unfortunate series of events that the goal sneaks in late. And yeah, I, I'm not too worried about that. <laughs> Dirty Bird person. So they're all talking in the trap about um, the Unimas broadcasting and just how bad it is. Pity, 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 pity. <laughs> yeah. That was amazing. It was amazingly like horrific. Yeah. It was just like, oh my. So this is what we're projecting to do is for away matches. W- the next foray for Home Home Before Dark is going to be to do live commentary here in the studio where we put it up there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have you and other content you do, like, providers. You like Mystery Science Theater. Like, yeah, just exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. So like everybody yeah. can queue up their match <laughs> at the same time and <laughs> we'll do commentary and have just different guest spots rotating in and out and have our own watch party together. That's that's what I think we're uh, going to yeah, do. I think that'd point. be fantastic. Maybe uh, we can do it for Open Cup next week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'd be a I, good first one to do it for. Dirty Bird Person, I like what he's saying, though. He says, our commentators are great, but I, I sometimes miss the drunk English uc- uncle whose name escapes me. We had one season, LOL. Um, Alan, what was his name? Alan Green? Well, I'll fill that role. <laughs> Alan, Alan Green, Green was just the... Uh, I've got a story about Alan Green, but I'll share it with you guys <laughs> after the show. <laughs> after dark. <laughs> After All right. Dark, right. So uh, three talking points about Chicago. Uh, we'll let guests go first. Joe, three talking points about Chicago. Oh, um, can I? Can we include Minnesota in this? Are yes, we? Are we just? It. Are we just thinking of Chicago? Just closing, yeah, yeah. closing, closing. Three comments for uh, this past week of play before we get to voicemails. There we go. Um, so it was. Int- I was covering for a Minnesota outlet against Minnesota, and I thought it was interesting talking to one of their defenders um, who basically said they played a back three so that they could have a guy man marking Joseph and then have a center back basically well positioned in each of the channels that he likes to run into. Mm. I thought that was kind of eye opening. Like that's how much teams are dedicated right, to just stopping right, right, him. Right. And, and it almost making works. someone else beat him. Yeah. And it does. It, it, oh, it, absolutely. It is almost working. So, um, that was interesting to me. What else happened? Uh, oh, we found out that, uh, Joseph likes to gr- drink glasses of rum. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> the most hardcore thing I've it's ever heard true. in my life. Oh, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just me and rum, but me, me and rum, He's just filling souvenir, bad, souvenir bad cups with Bacardi. <laughs> <laughs> it's his day off. <laughs> just pouring <laughs> bottles into those Atlanta United souvenir cups. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be $6. All right, would, what, what kind of drink would you like? Leave it empty. No, nah, he's <laughs> just drinking rum chata in the middle of summer. And <laughs> <all>. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Ramate. <laughs> Ramate. Uh, and then one last one, I guess, from Chicago would be, I think that the game was, like, we. I think we can all agree it was, like, a very fun game to watch. Yeah. There was, like, a lot going on. And I think the reason for that was because Chicago came out and played a soccer game toe-to-toe with Atlanta. They Good came point. out, played a high line. And I think that that just made for... I mean, Chicago could have won the game, too. Like, they yeah. had plenty of chances, yeah. but it, that's what made for a fun game to watch, yeah. regardless of who won. Uh, for me, or, or do you want to go next? Um, yeah, I can go. Go ahead. Uh, point number one, Petey Martinez getting still no respect from the referees. Um, granted, sometimes he makes a meal of it, but he's not. It's the same thing that we saw last year and the year before. He's not getting the calls, just like uh, just like Miggy. Um Miles Robinson is a grown ass man. He's the best defender in MLS. Um, I stand by that. He is unstoppable. I fear not any ball that comes near him. <laughs> um, he is no frills, but you can't get past him. Like his athleticism, his size, everything, yeah. his his positioning. Most of the time, I get worried whenever guys poke at the ball on the back, but whenever he lunges that leg, I know he's about to hit the ball. Well, and, he had a, yeah, he had a moment sure. in Chicago where he lunges one and then dra- drags his back foot to pick it up whenever they make the cut if he missed, missed on the initial, which Dude, was fucking brilliant piece of defending. so good. I said, yeah. he is a fucking grown-ass yeah. man. Some guy behind, <laughs> some guy in front of me looks back, he goes, yes. Right. Right. <laughs> um, and then... Joseph, man, I, I said it earlier. Just, just watching the relief kind of wash over him. It seems yeah. like his confidence is back. Um, and then to to Kevin Brown's point, he likes to eat arepas at ten ten p.m. Yeah. Whenever his grandma yeah. brings him to him, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Does, do you think his his abuela serves him arepas on um, the Orlando City Invitational Tournament? Well, the question is, has she ever made a peanut butter and jelly one like we have? Oh, God. I doubt it. That is a, 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 people who are listening or watching. <laughs> Uh, be very careful if you ever try and make a dessert arepa that is filled with peanut butter. Because yeah, especially it, if any hot reduces, oil gets inside oh. of it. <laughs> it gets real thin and real hot. <laughs> just hot like, lava down your chest. It looked like that scene out of Game of Thrones where they put the gold helmet and the dot racket. Yeah, the golden crown. It's like that, but with peanut butter down your chest. <laughs> See, for me, that's that reference does involve uh, Peter Dinklage, <laughs> but it is from uh, Ragnarok, whenever he's yeah. making the uh, yeah, exactly, Stormbreaker. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the Throatbreaker is what that is. <laughs> 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 it's like, if you uh, don't eat that before great. you want to record. It's pretty great. Uh, um, Michelle's right, 9 p.m. It is about that time. It is. Uh, we start devolving into chaos. My three points. Um, so several of them our direct relationship to what we already talked about with the articles and the way that we've sort of prefaced things with the way that players are playing and practicing leading up to games and building up chemistry. The first goal in the Chicago game from start, Chicago. To, <laughs> from start to finish, I think one of the best uh, team-based goals that I've seen this yeah. team score in the past three years. By team-based, it was three dudes that just absolutely destroyed the four. I mean, if you include Guzan, who initially yeah, gets right. pissed because he thinks Guz- or thinks that Escobar isn't making the run, he throws it. He does his classic, <laughs> like, <laughs> dying on the cross inside goal <laughs> and uh, th- throws it out to Escobar. Escobar makes the run-up line uh, and Dude, I, I mean, it was 
it was like watching Atlanta United, both my first point and my second point, uh, the first goal and then a missed opportunity in the second point. It was like watching Atlanta United try to run a triple option in soccer where Escobar runs the ball up the wing, sees a defender step two before he plays the ball off at the last second to Pity Martinez in space. Then Pity draws the defenders plays it off to Escobar, does the back heel. He slots it through once. He's pulled the defenders into a wide-open Joseph Martinez, who all he has to do is put it on frame. Beautiful. Just a fucking wonderful goal. I mean, Dude, just the, start the, to finish. The final pass from Petey was, it was amazing oh, absolutely. the way he was absolutely. able to split the defense. But, but again, there. Escobar knowing all he has, he knows that uh, Petey's going to run the overlap. Mm-hmm. He does the heel back to him. Same thing. Pity has the awareness that he needs to draw the defender to open up the lane to Joseph in space. Like start to finish that entire run of play was fantastic. Same thing, uh, kind of piggybacking on that. And the second point I had to make, which is set pieces, something that we've seen Atlanta consistently yeah. struggle on in the past few years. It was, you saw a short corner that had an actual setup approach yeah. to it where the short corner gets played out to pity. I think it was pity. And they run the triple option where they have an overlap on both sides of them where I think it was Escobar took the out route and then it was Joseph or, or no pity was the one that took the shot. So it must have been it must have come short to, to Nagby. Nagby takes short corner overlapping run. Escobar takes the out route to the top of the box. Pity takes the inside route to the top of the 18 and Nagby essentially has a two step pace to see how the defenders react if they pull to pity he has a layoff to escobar running up at the top of the box opposite happens where they kind of get stunned he lays it off to pity who has a one touch on goal nearly gets past the keeper just fucking great set piece that we've not seen consistently out of this team we noted that with the some of the guys up in the press box we thought it was like that was the first time they've done like a set play like that all year it it seemed like an organized attempt yeah Yeah, it was was an organized attempt at a set piece which i have not seen this team do um was that just to touch on pity is that the best game we've seen from him like I, from start to finish, I think it was. I yeah. think so the, too. the one yeah. that where he scored the goal will probably overshadow it, but I mean, I thought it was his best yeah. overall performance. It, his defensive work was so good in that yeah. game too. Yeah, which is yeah. something that people have been critical over, and yeah. it's something that he's stepping up really quickly. Yeah. Uh, last point, I think that Breck Shea gets a, a, a great game against Chicago. Um, nearly has the goal. Brittany points out he misses a wide open shot on goal. I think a lot of that is him reading and listening to all the tweets in his head and right as he gets the open shot he gets in his own head a little bit but that said i think he looks much more confident much more comfortable and a much better player at left wing rather than left back uh and we said that whenever he came out in left wing a couple of weeks ago so um how many dmca notices do you think that the DeBoer out account has gotten from using the Celine Dion music <laughs> for that for that Shea. It just stops in the middle after he takes the shot. Oh god. It'll it'll I think it'll happen though. I the amount of space that I saw him get yeah. in, in He's had multiple opportunities like and the that. the one touches the it was very fluid the way that he came into that that lineup. Absolutely. It was it was very encouraging. Absolutely. Um, Anything? Oh, fantasy rankings. Hold on, just a second. Fantasy rankings and voicemails. We got seven. Oh yeah, we do have voicemails. Yeah. Uh, fantasy rankings. We have in fifth place. We have for the whom the bellow tolls. We have uh, in fourth place FC Apogee. We have Thought Marker SC in third. Don't var me, bro. In second, and then soccer specific fantasy team Andy Watkins of the Trap in first place. 
Um, and then unstoppable. When does spring or when does uh, yeah spring finish? I gotta be don't soon. Know. It's almost halfway through the season. So yeah, you would you would think so. I think but, he's locked up leg one at this point. Um, let's see how close is it. It is fifteen twenty five to fifteen fourteen. So don't Varmy bro is only uh, well, it's only ten points last week. So he's, eleven he's, points. Yeah, he's, he's I guess pulling he's away, pulling away by one. Yeah, uh, looks like we have is that five voicemails that we have. Oh wow, wow, many, wow, wow. No? Maybe not. I don't, it's not refreshing. Um, let's see. I think we have too many in our inbox. Several people were complaining that they couldn't get a voicemail. Oh, really? Yeah. Several okay. people were tweeting that. Yeah, I they guess Google get... Voice doesn't allow you to have that many. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to start deleting all the ones we had that we have from previous weeks. Um, actually, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just one second. Oh no, where? How do I go to? I'm going to be real upset whenever he finds it, but then the audio doesn't work. <laughs> Pressure's on. Did I accidentally delete? Greg Shea wide open in front of goal here. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think I accidentally just deleted one. That, what the fuck? But they usually let you keep... They're usually in your archive, so you can... Oh, my God. Oh, Google's holding that onto that thing for eternity. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it still exists. It better so, not have been Michelle's. It was. You fuck. <laughs> because we listened to it earlier. God, she's so then. excited now that you that you accidentally <laughs> deleted hers. Oh, God. That's, Damn it. That's my mistake. Um, sorry, guys. Oh. That was a completely honest mistake. 678-827-3297. Hold on. Let me um, Again, the number is 678-827-3297. Hold on. Can't really this hear that very awful. well. Yeah. Sounds like uh, Charlie Brown's teacher. Hold on. Good grief. for Joe. So let's say that you, Rupe, and Doug are in an old fashioned. Good grief, man. This is not this stupid old mixing board. Two questions. One, okay, here we go. Okay, here we let's go. do it Don't for real this time. Yeah, let's do it for over. real this time. I'll hang up and listen. He just hung up and listened. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Hey, this is Andy, long-time listener, frequent caller. My question is for Joe. Joe, let's say that you, Felipe, and Doug are in an old-fashioned media scrum to try to get the quote from one of the players. Two questions. One, who gets it? And two, what's your strategy for taking the other two out? I'll hang up on this. What's the strategy for what? Taking the other two out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, Who gets it? Well, it's probably Doug kind of gets some preferential treatment. Uh, He's kind of like given the first question, like in in Frank DeBoer's press conferences after games, he's just kind of of like assumed he gets the first question. I think the rest of us also kind of subconsciously, now that it's been happening so long, just like wait for Doug to answer, the, uh, ask the first question to get the thing kicked off. I personally don't even like asking the first question because it's not like um, you don't honestly get the best answer sometimes. Sometimes yeah. they need it, they need one answer to kind of get loosened up. Well, know? it's just like uh, doing a podcast and having people on. It's yeah, like you need totally. to know where the conversation is going. Which will channel the rest the, the rest of it essentially. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to just come out of left field with and something that they're not even thinking about. For sure. And and you gotta you gotta get them like just lubricated exactly. a little bit with the with the whiskey or whatever it is to get them to, <laughs> to start talking. To just, you know? just so slide into the slot. Sometime, right. So sometimes that first question helps. But I would say Doug would the splot, Doug I, I would probably say Doug on the first one then for taking them out. Oh my goodness. Um I'd probably just try to like lose them in Mercedes Benz Stadium. I would try to just like run away from uh <laughs> 
I could run away from Doug because he's got a bad foot. And <laughs> well, so does Tim. Oftentimes walking with a limp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that one. I, I would have to think about it. Although I don't really often think about how I'm going to take someone out. Really? That's pretty much all I do in any room that I walk into is know my exit strategy and who I can eliminate if need be. All right. Um, Felipe usually has uh, a pen of some sort on him. So maybe you could like take it and use it against him. He, he doesn't. He doesn't. Um, he brings. He uses his phone, and that's it. He's like the only. He's the only one up there who does not have a computer with him. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. He just like writes just, in a notebook. Huh. huh. Old school. He's not. He, he's also. I think. Does probably, he do the shorthand too, or is it? He, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not reading his notes. Why not, <laughs> <But> man? <laughs> I should. He sits, he sits right next to me. I exactly. probably could ask him what he's, he's writing. Probably down. got all the answers. I should probably ask him. Like, yeah. Get some tips from him. See, know, what, 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 see is, what he's taking notes on. What is Brian talking about? Joe's PSR rating dropped to four point six. What is PSR? Is that the Audi index? <laughs> Does the audio index actually even exist? Like, I, I feel like any time I've ever gone. Oh, there, that's it's... right. It's from Naked and Afraid. I knew I recognized that from somewhere because after YouTube TV added Discovery Channel and HGTV, that's all I've watched is Naked what and is Afraid. It, it, what does it stand for? Uh, per- pro, pro, professional survival, survival rating. rating. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Got another one. Let's do so what's going on, guys? A uh, few things, real quick. Number one, eighty-three points for bus. Number two on the docket tonight would be what would be your open cup starting lineup Ooh. or starting eleven, and by that I mean the question that we're all going to be asking ourselves: Ken or Guzan? <laughs> and finally, number three for us tonight to talk about. Um, currently, uh, Carlos Vela leads with both big goals and assists category with sixteen goals, ten assists. What would be your under number for Joseph by the end of the season? I want to say about 25, maybe 27. But I'll leave that up to you guys, the experts. Hope you guys have a good night. So uh, let's go ahead and set the over-under at 25 and a half. Does Joseph go over or under? Under. Under. For me. I mean, 25, that would have been near, what, what was the record that he broke last year? 31. 26? 31. It was, that was uh, what he finished on, but what was the, what was the number 28, that, he, I think. that it was before? Okay. It was either 27 or 28 goals. I think yeah. he broke it maybe getting 28th goal. Either then, way, 25 and a half, 25 and a half is a lot. You know, that's, that's near, nearing the old record. So I'm thinking he ends up with 22. I think this offense is just, uh, or the way the, the attack is set up this year is just not as conducive no. for him to scoring. So Especially I think if Barco, have, I think Barco yeah. comes back and Barco starts Agreed. scoring a shit yeah. ton of I goals. I think there will be more goals scored from the midfielders this year. Agreed. Uh, I'll say 20, uh, I'll, I'll up it by one. I'll say 23. I'll say 21. Yep. Um, 27 goals. I think he's going to go on a How many does he have now? I don't even know off he the top of my head. He has 10. Oh, he has 10 already? Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Well, bump me up to 22. Yeah. Okay, so and like, Vela's sitting on twenty or not twenty, uh, fifteen or sixteen. 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 I'd be sh- I mean, I'd be shocked if he does not break the record. Dude, no, he's gonna break it. The way that yeah. that offense rolls, as long as he doesn't get man, injured, as long as he doesn't get injured, their just... goal differential right now. <laughs> I don't know if you know what it is. It's twenty five. Or it was twenty five before yes, before this weekend. I mean, it was the closest to them is like twelve. Like I think if they win Supporter Shield, if they win Supporter Shield and MLS Cup, they're the greatest MLS team of all time. If they even if they don't win MLS Cup, I think you still have to continue. You have to put them up there if they continue what they're doing right that, now. It is ridiculous. Like they have, they have like the the, the two highest uh, shot attempts. Yeah, tempters. Um, they've got like th- uh, three of their players are all in the top seven in ball recoveries. Now that said, that said, whenever we play them in July, 
just as much as their goal differential is 25 and, and they have all these shots, on the other side of the coin, Atlanta United currently tied in first for yeah. goals allowed yeah. at 11. So you're go again, it's the classic matchup of right. like the high powered offense against a very stout defense. That's going to be a, that's going to be a match that I think is going to say a lot about what MLS Cup could, could potentially be, um, for both of these teams. Uh, cause you're really pitting arguably right now. Again, we still have another six or seven weeks before we get there. Um, right now, arguably one of, if not the best defense in the league versus, the best offense in the league. So, I like that they uh, only play once because the one matchup in the season makes it. It is the showcase game for MLS yes. this season. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I am trying to find a way to recover this voicemail. There's supposed to be a trash can that I can look at. That's all right. We're right. gonna we'll we'll uh, answer Joe's other question, which is starting eleven for uh, U.S. Open Cup. Do you, okay. So maybe rather than doing full starting eleven, yeah. uh, What are some surprise features that you foresee in that lineup that maybe aren't getting starts or regular playtime? currently so i think you're going to see a lot of the guys who are kind of like on the fringe of atlanta united and atlanta united 2 getting in that squad so i think a guy like mikey ambrose that was gonna be my about, first one. i think yeah. he'll probably play you'll want to get some guys fitness i mean in, in a competitive environment the interesting part about it will be what frank DeBoer said earlier this season about rotating the squad which is that if you rotate everybody you're not really giving any of them a chance right you know you're setting them all up for failure if you right. rotate the entire squad so it'll be interesting to see what pieces he keeps in place like i think miles robinson you'll keep there um you might play him alongside uh florentine pogba or something pogba is um, one that had a great game but you're it, limited on your international slots as well so you have to kind of take that into consideration very true very true um so i mean i think pogba Mikey Ambrose, those are my two big ones. Um, Justin Miram, I think we'll see potentially get a yes, start. Yes, I think so. Yeah, I think he'll definitely start. Um, I think you're likely also to see either John Gallagher or Gordon Wilde start on the right. Yeah. Well, it'd be interesting to see a lineup that has uh, Brecce at left wing, which clearly he's had some success in. Uh, maybe that's the game that you get your Mikey Ambrose in on left back. Yeah. You see uh, Pogba back on defense. You keep somebody back there to show up the line. Miles Robinson hasn't shown anywhere in terror or tendency to be worn down he's or young. fatigued. He's yeah. young. I think he's your anchor back there. Potentially Escobar staying back there with him. So you have some consistency there. Um, Canter Guzan. It's a it's a fun it's a funny it's a funny topic whenever we say it in jest uh, from a starting position. But in yeah. this game, I mean, realistically, I'd, I'd, what yeah, do you think? I'd give a can a run out. I think so, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're on the road down there. Why not? And that's not, it's not like replacing him is going to mess with like team no. chemistry, you no. know, the way the team plays in the field. Not at all. He not needs at reps. All. If anything, if we're talking about him potentially being a trade or a sell yeah. in the transfer window, his stock could, I mean, it's a, it's a way to showcase him in a yeah. way that Shop you, can, window. you can't do it on a regular basis because he can't really play with the twos whenever you need him in the 18. So I think that's a great time for him to get into that lineup. Anybody else maybe in that starting lineup? I think Romario might, might play. I said, you know, be cautious about too many, too many, uh, yeah. rotated players. Now I'm just saying every Everybody, every, every yeah, single backup, yeah, which because yeah. you know they've they've played so many games, but yeah, um, I think Romario. Sorry, I, there's no way to recover the voicemail, cool. so I fucked Great. up royally. Well, did Great. did you say you guys listened to it earlier? Yeah, we did. Yeah. It was her being very um, sarcastic about. Yeah, just she said Deborah. So you can't recreate she said, it. She said, First thing she said was Deborah. I can't. I can't do a female British accent. Oh, please but, try. No, please try. <laughs> no, it's not. Please happening. do it. Not please. Happening. No. Please. No. <laughs> he almost wanted to. Uh, no, it was it was mostly just Debore out. Debore uh, out. Brexhay still sucks. 
<laughs> and uh what like was we're terrible one? something like that yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah pretty much what we tweeted out after what i tweeted out after yeah, the game exactly. is like that was a screenshot of us being in first place for i really want to hear your female no that's not happening <laughs> it's not happening anybody else in terms of you guys already touched on Romario, uh, Romario John Gallagher, I don't know. Gordon Wild. Uh, I don't see either one of them starting. I don't. I don't you don't think, think so? See, no. I, I think you see Dion Pereira play. Uh, Dion Pereira. I think. That's a good, I think. Yeah. See, the thing is, I just don't see Joseph Martinez starting in this game. He's no. played every single no, minute yeah. for the team, no, so you got to find someone else to. Has he not been subbed out? No, he has. Oh, okay. he, he, so he's been subbed out one time. Yeah, yeah I was saying, he, I think he's played all but eighteen minutes this season. That's he, crazy. In one substitution, I think. Other yeah. than that, he's played. So then, maybe your consistency minutes. is DP, and then you bring in uh, Breck Shea in as a substitution for him. Um, but T- I, I Tito's still not going to be back for a while with that LCL, right? It's just one I of those. Know. I think it's. I think it's just still up in the air. Yeah, it doesn't seem serious the way they've talked about it. They just. It just feels. It just seems like it's something. What that I, I think. What I understand up. about that that ligament is that you might feel fine, and then yeah. it's unstable, yeah. and then it can end up causing like yeah. one ligament could lead to multiple ligaments yeah. getting injured. Um, How? What do you think our odds are? So Kevin Kratz, maybe you see him in the lineup, maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. In the lineup, there's to, one thing, if, but if, starting, I don't... I, I would say no. If he doesn't play, like, with the twos before yeah, that, yeah. I would say no. Okay. Um, what What's your best prediction for how far Atlanta goes in Open Cup this year? One and done? No. Um, how many rounds? That's my are, prediction. How many I would say are? they either go out... I, I think they could go out against Charleston, theoretically. Really? Possibly. I mean, if they if they rotate a bunch of players, they don't how, play how's well. How's Charleston doing in USL right now? No idea. Yeah. Like three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like that you don't well, like. Be honest. Uh, uh, um, but yeah, I, I just don't see a, a long cup run. They're going to have you know after this US Open Cup game, they're going to have a, another tough stretch of games. We've already seen how how playing one tournament seriously has fucked up our season. Well, like, fucked up like part of our season. But the thing is, the thing is, I, I think that what we suffered from in that one tournament was that how many of the set the set lineup got engaged in that, and it was a wear and tear on the players that you were planning to trot out there. We've got enough depth right now that conceivably half of the lineup could be players outside of your starting eleven, mm-hmm. and they're all. They've all been showcased in a way that they've had meaningful reps and had good performances when it's mattered. Pogba's had great performances. Brekshay, Dion Pereira, they've they've been in the starting lineup consistently. Pogba uh, came in against Minnesota and was just karate kicking everything that came at him. He's just like, yeah, get it out of here. You know, I think the biggest the biggest concern I have is if Joseph sits. I mean, who's who's scoring? consistently yeah no, that's question we that, don't know that's what I, I think from the lineup moving the ball around the field and the people that you have on the back line i think you're fine with the people that you pull in there but you know romario is is he going to be an open cup superstar that takes you super far I, I don't know i think if there's one thing we know it's that frank DeBoer doesn't really trust romario that much yeah, that's true. otherwise we would have exactly. seen him some more absolutely um, he's only ever come in well, I, I think at, at times when they've been down, he's been he's come in as like a second striker, just like uh, against Rebels. I think yeah. he he came on because but, because we, we started just lofting crosses into the box, hoping yeah. that we can get a, a guy with a big. Well, what big do you do? I mean, it. maybe you're. I mean, if Justin, so uh, Justin Miram potentially being in the ten slot, I guess. And then are you swapping out Pity and Joseph up top? So neither one oh. of them are taking full full games, but you've at least do got we get somebody fined that you know? if we completely just. 
Wait, they do that in other leagues where if you play, if you like just a, throw it, or if yeah, you just if you just if you just do a complete squad rotation and it's you're not I don't playing. Think there's anything. Miro's definitely playing and starting. Yeah. Um. I, again, I, mean, I, I just wonder who's going to be scoring the goals. I guess Carlton, Justin could. Little baby Carlton. I mean, Tata often. He, I mean, he rotated pretty fully for these games, oh, yeah. if I recall correctly. Oh, yeah. But he would keep the stu- he would keep the studs on the bench in case he needed. You know, in case things got rough, oh, yeah. he, would, he would just oh, bring yeah. them like off. against Charleston last yeah, year, right? Exactly. I mean, right. Joseph Joseph came in and rescued that game. All right. Or maybe um, that was two years ago, I guess. Yeah, I think it was two years ago. We got a couple more voicemails, right? No, that was it. That was it? There just were two. two? Yeah. Oh, no, there were three. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, Michelle's. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. No Kevin Gorham? No Kevin Gorham. No no Mike Gormal? German? Yeah. Furman? Furman, German, German. So we had, we had Joe Johnstone, Andy Watkins. No PK? No PK. No, no Brittany S. I need to get Brittany S. on. She needs to call in. Yeah. Michelle, my favorite to cover is uh, Atlanta United. No yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. What's that been like? So we haven't talked about that at all. And and obviously it's been a while since we've seen each other. Yeah, yeah. Um now beat beat writer, uh, right? For ninety two nine. Yeah. Uh, beat, reporter. Beat, reporter. It, yeah, because yeah. it's not really written. Yeah, correct. But <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's, yeah. Um <laughs> pretty says nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Covering the Braves now with ninety two yeah. nine. What's so what's what's that transition? Is the is there been a transition? Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely yeah. a transition. The game is much different. The way it's covered, you know, it's. I was talking to Kevin about it earlier before we started the show. It's it's just much different. The way that fans, uh, you know, bring in the game, or how how they, what's the word I'm thinking of? Just like how how they how they experience the game. Like it's it's very much stat based, right? Because yeah. it's baseball. Everything you know, home runs, batting average, that kind of stuff. So you really need to know that stuff. Where as we're soccer. Like I said, I don't even know uh, what Charleston Battery doing. You know, that stuff's less important. You only really need to know the stats. You're more kind of interpreting what you see on the field. So it's different in that sense. And then also the other reporters are obviously very close-knit, you know. Yeah. The Dave O'Briens, the you know, Gabe Birds from the AJC. Those guys travel across the country together. You know, they spend a ton of time together, so they're very tight. So there's just like a little bit of a different dynamic in the press box too, but you know, everybody's nice and yeah. uh, I enjoy it overall for sure. Yeah. It's as, just different. As, as the newbie. Uh, it's keep, longer. That was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, my first game, I was like, after two hours, like my foot started tapping and it was like, okay, when's this thing over? It's like the bottom of the fifth. I'm like, oh no, it's gonna be a long season. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I think Andy Watkins has a name for, for your, uh, your Braves coverage. What's uh, that? Whip your hair back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> whip as in. If only uh, I had hair to whip. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> King Websticles, that's a new name in the trap, right? Yeah, saying Joe Patrick is everywhere nowadays. That is correct. You're right. Where? You know, I know King Websticles. Do you? From a very odd uh, message board. Oh, I don't, do I don't, tell I don't, him. I, I want to know. No, I, I don't know his name. I mean, 8chan? What was the I'm message in, board? Clop, is it 4, 4chan or 8chan? Is it Clop Clop? Pen, <laughs> penwager, penwagers.com. Birds with arms? Named after the uh, old SEC ref, uh, referee. Oh, nice. Um, is that the guy who's uh, giving him the King business? Webstacles. Uh, no, no, that's, yeah. that's Ron Cherry. Oh, yeah. Um, 15 yards, giving him the business. <laughs> oh, no, battery exhausted. Give me just a second. Anyway, uh, King Web Schools used to be on there. If, if it's the same King Web Schools, maybe it's totally different. Person. <laughs> it's got to be. <laughs> Surely that's not a completely different person. Uh, so speaking of being everywhere, where can the people find everything that you're doing for Barves and for Atlanta United, um, Dirty South Soccer? Dirty South Soccer. 929thegame.com, I think. And uh, <laughs> J.A. J. Patrick 200. 
J.A. Patrick oh, 200, the Twitter. original Atlanta United influencer, Joe Patrick. Are you guys still rolling out the H dads, right? Yeah, we just did one last night. Um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, uh, J.A. Uh, Patrick on Twitter. That's called Five Stripe Final. You just subscribe to uh, Search Dirty South Soccer. Uh, there you go. On on your podcatchers, yeah, King Love Schools, the one and only King yeah, Love, King Love Schools. I'm sure it is. I have no doubt <laughs> about that. A, the internet's a weird place. <laughs> it certainly is. Um, it is a weird place, but you all found us amidst the madness. So thank you for tuning in with us. However you found us, be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit the bell icon to know whenever we go live. Be sure to give us five stars or whatever stars and a review on iTunes or. Apple Podcast, as it's now called, because iTunes is dead. Uh, to hear it read aloud on the show, find us collectively at Home Before Dark on Twitter. That's before spelled B and the number four. Love the hell out of you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. As always, be home before dark. I'm sorry I was awkward, Gressel. <laughs>